Welcome to Tap the Craft, an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and I'm joined by my co-host and drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm feeling great. Awesome. I, uh, yeah, it's not going to shock anybody, but uh, my kids have been sick. <laughs> it seems like I talk about it all the time. But uh, it's been a really, really big string of very little sleep over the last about a week. Mm-hmm. And today I just said, uh, forget it. I'm just going to have some beers. I'm going to enjoy myself on the end of my weekend. I'm not going to I'm not gonna let it uh, bring me down. That's, so That's good. I've had a few beers today uh, leading up to the show. Got another nice one poured here. So it's going to be good. All right. So you're feeling good then. You're loosened up. You're ready to... To talk about this craft beer stuff, right? I am. Okay. Okay. You got to get Kristen behind you. Give you a little little shoulder massage, you know, get you worked up for that big fight. Yeah. Uh, That's a good idea. Hold on. (laughs) All right. Well, good. Well, hey, I am sad to hear that the the boys are are sick again. That's, That's always bad news. But, hey, I'm glad to hear that you are at least taking it in stride and drinking some good quality craft beer and feeling good because we're going to have a good show. Uh, and Hey, that's what, that's what matters. It's all about, you know, feeling good about craft beer. But uh, before right. we get, yeah, before we get too far, let's just explain uh, what we're going to talk about to our listeners in this episode. And this is episode 32 and we're recording this on Sunday, October 11th, 2015. And this op- episode, we're going to be focusing on the great pumpkin beer craze. Yes, uh, pumpkin beers are everywhere. It's bigger than ever. I think they must have released at least, you know, a hundred extra pumpkin beers this year that have never been released before because it seems like everywhere I look, there's pumpkin beer. So why not talk about it? Why not inform all of our listeners about all those pumpkin beers out there? And maybe there might be just one that you, they might enjoy. And while we're talking about pumpkin beers, why not talk about the style guidelines that uh, go into judging uh, pumpkin beers? And again, we're going to be using uh, John's expertise in his uh, beer judging, I don't know, what is it again? Beer judging certification certification program. program. Yes. You know what? I don't know why I can't get that in my head, but that's why I got you to to back me up. And we also are going to discuss... Uh, John and I getting together last weekend and drinking and going to the Great Pumpkin Beer Fest in Seattle. Yeah, we'll tell you about our good times, about the beers we drank, and uh, let you guys know about this fantastic festival that, if you have a chance, you should also join in a, in a year to come. And we also are going to briefly discuss the craft beer documentary Blood, Sweat, and Beer that was just released on October 1st. Uh, John and I have both watched the documentary, and we're going to give our input on it and let you guys know about it and uh, whether it's recommended or not, and that will be in our Check It Out segment. But before we, we get too far into the content, uh, hey, it's a craft beer show, and why not drink some craft beer? So, John, what are you drinking tonight? So I've already had a few beers, so I decided that uh, why not finish strong with uh, double IPA? All right. Uh, so I'm drinking a the Edge Brewing Company obligatory double IPA, which you were kind enough to uh, bring out here to me. Okay. Uh, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Excellent. Um, 
Yeah, 88 IBUs with Simcoe, Amarillo, and Citra. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. So, <laughs> uh, 9.2% alcohol, so I'm going to be feeling really good by the time I'm supposed to be, you know, talking about beer judge requirements for <laughs> pumpkin beers. And, you know, it's, yeah, well, we'll make it up, but it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This thing is tasty so far. I've already, I probably need to slow down a little bit, but um, it's tasting good so putting it down pretty easy all right well it's it's a 22 ounce bottle so you're not you're going strong into this show i am right towards the end so uh (laughs) (laughs) how about you danny what do you got in your glass well you know what because it's been very very warm lately it has you know it's october but nobody would know it's october at least not on the west coast because it's like 80 85 90 degrees so i thought why not Bring in winter with a winter warmer. You know, we got the weather. Why not just suck it up and drink a bunch of, you know, big heavy beer? So I am drinking the Deschutes Brewery Jubilee 2015. It's a nice winter warmer that uh, I've already, my, my wife loves me so much, she bought me a 12-pack of this. And I've got, after this one I'm drinking right now, I have one beer left. Uh, so I've been, you know, taking care of these uh, tasty beverages uh, and, and, and I have room probably for at least two more 12 packs, uh, before it's gone for the year because it's a, it's a great beer. I've, I'll need to go snag that. I haven't seen it yet, but I haven't been looking cause it seems early. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is way early, but why not, you know, why not enjoy one of my favorite beers in the wintertime a little bit early? Like they, you know, they're bringing out those pumpkin beers early. Why not bring out the winter warmer? beers early too so people that really enjoy those beers can get an early start i'm okay with it i know that it it seems weird i know that i was i was thrown back by the pumpkin beer offerings and i I definitely was thrown by back by this offering because it's one thing when i'm all wrapped up in a coat and i'm cold and i want to warm up but man i I feel like i should still be you know drinking those uh those swill rattlers or some spritzer beers or something because i need something more you know, that cool me down, but Hey, I, I'm bucking the system and going, going all in on the winter warmer early on. I do want to mention one quick thing. Last night we went to a birthday party and my daughter came to visit us for the weekend. And because we, you know, didn't want to leave her out, we brought her with us. And this was uh, a birthday party. I, I'm going to tell you that uh, Sarah and I, my wife and I were the oldest people there that, so everyone else was at least 10 years younger than us. That oldest person, Below us was like 10 years uh, younger. So we went to a kind of a younger, you know, party of a friend of ours from work. And, of course, uh, they had a bunch of great games like Cornhole, which Sarah and I kicked ass on Cornhole. I have never had that great of a of, of a round. We literally went over our points by like 10 points like three times in a row because we were hitting that Cornhole like crazy. I know it sounds bad, but... Uh, but it, yeah, we, <laughs> it does. But uh, now we need to get together and, and have a little, uh, little game, okay. of a friendly beer wager on on it. So, okay, yeah, we can do now it. That I know. Okay, <laughs> uh, so they had that, and they also had, of course, beer pong. And I will be honest with you, this was the first time I've ever played beer pong because beer pong wasn't really a thing back when I was that age. When you know, I mean, I think beer pong's kind of a within the last. 15 years or 20 years maybe and it's just beyond my time but 
we played, and my daughter played three games of it. Now, did she drink? Nope. I was the designated drinker, so every time, for three three games in a row, I took every drink that she was supposed to take. Um, so, needless to say, I was uh, feeling pretty good uh, last night, uh, playing all these beer games and and just having fun. We had a great night. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to, to say that that you're never too old to uh, to join in a beer pong game. So never, never, never. Okay, well, enough of that. Let's get into our noteworthy beers. And John, uh, was there anything that you want to call out to our listeners that was uh, extra special for you the last uh, couple weeks? Yes, there is. Um, and you know we we've talk tonight we're having some big beers um already so i think keeping in that theme we can uh talk about the how to beam dusty ice ipa mm-hmm. uh or which is an an iced ipa that clocks in at 15 percent yes uh, alcohol <laughs> and uh you know i i was excited to try this you you brought this out um from your travels to israel um and I was a little skeptical, um, not not really because uh, you know it came from Israel I and mean, that d- didn't didn't phase me. Just the more the concept mm-hmm. of, of the beer itself, the the ice IPA. It's like man, that's it's you know the the process of icing. You freeze it, you take what didn't freeze, and you know that eventually turns into your beer as mm-hmm. you freeze probably multiple times. <laughs> you know that that causes things to concentrate um, when you get an, an IPA. That bitterness could get, you know, really aggressive, and um, I was shocked. This this was a fantastic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, for for being uh, brewed the way it was, you you could not tell that this was fifteen percent, and the bitterness was very pleasant, not overdone, uh, really easy to drink, mm-hmm. and I think we both agreed that this. If you weren't paying attention, this one could get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, really fast. Because um, I, I had to like stop myself and be like, I, I want to make sure I enjoy and like savor this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, um, so I, I I really enjoyed it, and I thank you very much for for saving that and sharing with me. Oh. Um, so yeah, no uh, problem. No problem. It's great. Yeah, you're welcome, John. I wanted to. I, I was I was really holding back. I want to drink that beer so many times. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to bring it to someone that I think will, you know, be hopefully be impressed by the quality and the just. I mean, I've never had an ice beer like that before. I've heard about them, but I, you know, it's just not something that's done over here in the U.S. I think partially because. I don't know how illegal it is to 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 yeah, do I that. I think it's technically Ill- illegal. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it's considered a form of distilling. Okay, okay. But uh, I agree 100% with you, John. That beer uh, went way over my expectations, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I uh, I just want to thank uh, Ariel for, uh, for providing that beer for us and for a safe travels back from Israel in my suitcase. Um, I mean, traveling with beer can be, you know, a risk, and this risk was rewarded. So, awesome. Absolutely. All right, so my next one, I'm going to go in the complete opposite spectrum, alcohol-wise. And another beer that you brought out for me, uh, Sakai Brewing High Lakes Session IPA. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, we've talked about session IPA a lot, how it should just really just be a pale ale. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Sometimes it just seems watered down. This thing packs 80 IBUs into a 4% <laughs> beer. And uh, it does it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was beer and it, it would it's definitely on my short list of session ipas that i actually enjoy and feel could be worthy of the moniker mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah really really nice hop character and and um the, the 80 threw me off when i saw it on the can and i was a little worried that it might be uh overblown i guess mm-hmm too much uh, for a beer this size, but it worked really well, and they did it. They did a great job with it. So excellent. Yeah, you know, nice. if, you're, if you're ever in Idaho, yeah, uh, yeah, grab some sockeye session IPA. Yeah, they're um, they're starting to distribute now. I think I mentioned either on this show or on the Forty Cast. I mentioned that sockeye brewing their mission at one point several years ago, maybe three years ago, that their mission was to be the biggest brewery in idaho that was their goal they didn't want to expand outside and do a big distribution thing they want to stay big inside the state well that has changed now i believe i think they went through some maybe some management some different things now they're starting to export their beer outside of the state so i think utah is getting sockeye beers and john i would not be surprised if you start seeing them in your area too and this session ipa right here um, by far is my, is the best session IPA I've had. If I had to pick one of the, the dozen or so I've tried, this one stood out as being, wow, this is like drinking an IPA, but with 4% alcohol. So, I mean, I, I was, I'm impressed with that too. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that one was, uh, really nice. Um, so my last one I'll do, uh, outside of our, uh, you know, fest discussion and, and so forth, uh, is the three creeks brewing five pine chocolate Porter, which mm-hmm. I was here. I just finished drinking before the show. Um, but, uh, this one it was really pleasant. Um, just nice little hint of roast, which is what I like in a Porter, not a ton of roast. That's what makes a stout, a stout, um, and nice chocolate up front, really smooth, easy to drink. Um, and just got even better as it warmed up. Uh, so, um, really pleasant. And I, um, yeah, this one I sent with you, right? Yes. 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 So I think you'll really like this one. All right. I I look forward to trying it, especially that I didn't realize, I mean, I, I, I knew you gave me the one I'm going to talk about in a minute, but I didn't realize this is the one you gave from three creeks. I never heard of three creeks brewing before. Uh, before Friday, when I had a beer that I drank, uh, that I, I'm like, what's this brewery? And it was a pretty good, I think it was a pale ale. I, I think it was. I can't remember. I drank a few beers that night. Uh, and I was really impressed by it. And then, John, you said, hey, well, good thing. You have another one. And that's when I went back. I got home on Friday. I went to my fridge. And sure enough, that other beer that you sent with me was uh, this beer. So I was like, oh, bonus. I get to try two beers from this brewery out of Sisters, Oregon. And Sisters is just, um, west of Bend. So they're yeah. right in that beer mecca of the Oregon mecca, you know, Bend area. And uh, so I, it's kind of cool that now when I drive through there, I'm going to stop into that brewery, I think, and, and do a tasting the next time I go through Sisters. 
Okay, well, I also had a couple beers. I'll talk briefly of them. One of them, the first one I was going to mention last episode, but I got talking so much about our Eugene trip, it just totally slipped my mind. But uh, it's the Anchorage Brewing. It's that white IPA, the Galaxy IPA that John said that was one of the few beers that he really enjoyed that was a white IPA. And he, John, you weren't, you weren't kidding. A fantastic beer. Went down uh, really nice. Had some great flavors in there. Again, I haven't had a beer from Anchorage that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, I don't get them very often. I saw that when we were in Seattle that I could have picked up another bottle that I hadn't had. But you know what? It's, 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 it, it takes a lot to hold back, but that, you know, that $20 or so price tag is hard to swallow when you're trying to pick up a few different things, right? I don't want to put, put all my money into one beer. Yeah. Last time I was there, they had two mm-hmm. that I hadn't had from there. But yeah, it's, it's tough to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, because they, yeah, they do clock in pretty hefty price tag. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you weren't kidding. The Galaxy is a fantastic beer. And if anyone out there can get Anchorage Brewing's Galaxy, uh, try this white IPA. I think you'll enjoy it also. And then the other beer was the one, another one you gave me, John. It's from Black Raven Brewing, that awesome brewery in Redmond, Washington, that we visited the first trip I, I made out there with you, that I just absolutely loved everything they had. Uh, you got me this beer that I'd never heard of. It has an awesome bottle. I, I love the bottle. It's going to be one of my prized bottles in my collection because I just love the label and, and everything on it. It's called the Black Raven Three Sunday, and it's an oaked triple. And, uh, oh my gosh, the flavors that were coming out on this beer were just fantastic. I, I mean, the oak was just like, and I'm guessing they used oak chips in there. Do you know how it was oaked? Was it in barrels or was it just using ass- oak chips? I would assume a barrel. They have okay. a barrel program going on. Okay. Okay. The, the oak came out not too strong, very subtle, just added, uh, a little bit of, emphasis on the other stuff in there but the oak was there in the background i really enjoyed that i enjoyed all the flavor uh i'm very impressed by that beer again black raven brewing i'm hoping that that they do an expansion and start distributing their stuff out my way because i i would just pick up everything that comes i i really enjoy so thank you john for for providing me with that beer that was a a a good treat and 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 i think i gave it a five Maybe a four and a half, five, maybe a five. I don't know. I, I, I can't keep track of all my ratings, but it was, uh, it was probably a five capper because, um, anyway, it was just enjoyable. Yeah. I think you did hit five because I was excited because it's still sitting in my fridge. I haven't had it yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. let, let it warm up too. Um, I, it, I think the, I mean, with any beer, it's good to let it warm up a little bit, but I think the, definitely the flavors come out, uh, really nice when it's got a, a little bit warmer in the in the tulip glass just perfect so and then the last beer i'll talk about is one i picked up at the 99 bottles bottle shop that john goes to all the time it just uh is it in kent or is it in no it's in uh federal way federal way okay it's in federal way and we made it we had time to stop and pick up some some stuff that i can't get in my area and one of the breweries i've been wanting to try for a long time is frame brewing out of hood river and i talked about it i think last episode uh and i wanted to stop there when i went to oregon this last time on the way back we went through hood river but because we were driving through hood river at 10 
10 o'clock in the morning. Um, the brewery doesn't open till noon, and I didn't want to wait around for two hours to, you know, have beer and, and lunch, so I decided that I'd hit it another time. But I picked up three bottles of their special beers, and this one is that I drank was the Super Saison. You know how I love my Saisons, and again, um, I was not uh, disappointed. Uh, this brewery knows how to brew some damn good beer, and uh, this Super Saison was was really tasty. It really had some of those coriander uh, and um, and and like peppery, not really like not like hot pepper, but like uh, what do they call it? Like a mild pep, like a mild uh, not black like pepper. Peppercorn? Yeah, like a peppercorn. Yeah, like a like a peppercornness um, to it that was just uh, perfect. I really enjoyed. That saison, John. Have you had a chance to to have that super saison? I actually haven't picked up any of their bottles. Oh wow! So I should have followed suit with you when you were picking them up, um, but I definitely need to go back and and grab some. Yeah, tr- try the super saison. Um, I. But are you a saison fan though? Or, I can't remember now which one you said you weren't a fan of, and then. Uh, oh no! I'm yeah, I'll definitely. Okay, do you like it? Yeah, this one's good. I have the other two. I have is a Goes and a Belgian Golden. I think that's what it is—a Belgian Golden L. So I have two more bottles. I'm gonna try, but I'm, I'm not drinking all this stuff right. You know, boom, boom, boom. I'm savoring it. I I don't want to you know blow my wad all in one shot. I want to ease it in and 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 stay you know stay for the the count. So I'm gonna be drinking all these nice beers I picked up in in a nice orderly fashion. So I don't just talk about all of them in one show because that wouldn't be any fun for listeners or for me. (laughs) Okay. So one more thing we need to talk about, John, we can have an open discussion because we both participated in it while Sarah and I, my wife and I were in Seattle visiting John uh, and visiting Seattle. We stopped at a couple breweries and there, one of the breweries was one that John had never been to. It was ghost fish brewing and they are a complete gluten-free brewery. All the beers they brew are gluten-free. And we mentioned a couple of these beers on the last episode when we talked about the Great American Beer Fest. Uh, two of them won medals in that category for gluten-free beers. The, the gold medal went to the Ghost Fish Stout. Uh, and the, the bronze medal went to the Grapefruit IPA. And uh, I, I'll tell you what. I can't say they're great gluten-free beers. I can say they're great beers, period. And they just happen to be gluten-free. And that's a big statement is that these guys can brew some damn good beer and it just happens to be gluten-free beer. So, John, what do you think about Ghost Fish? Did you enjoy the beers that you had? And for the most part, I know some of them were iffy, but for the most part, would you have been able to call out that they're gluten-free just by uh, tasting them? For the most part, no. Um, the stout actually, I, I really enjoyed it, but, um, my first couple sips, I did pick up a little bit of a, an uh, odd, uh, kind of character and mm-hmm. the, the flavor, um, that, that might be that, or it could be that it was one of the first things I had there after, you know, a day at work and yeah. I just wasn't really in, in beer drinking mode yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, overall, you, you wouldn't have picked that up. Um, and I think the biggest thing I think I, I even t- I mentioned to you is when I went for the stout, 
I did it first because I was really curious how the body was because I thought that that might be a tough thing to replicate mm-hmm. um, using non-traditional grains, and they they nailed that. I mean, yeah. they had a nice full body, not thin or you know anything at all, um, which I thought it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, across the board, um, I don't I don't think I would have you know picked anything out as. Oh, this is a gluten-free beer. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so, hey, um, I'm hoping that this brewery is able to, you know, to expand and, and get their beers out to more people. There is a need for gluten-free beers. My wife right now, she is not supposed to drink any beer at all, but if she does drink beer, it's supposed to be uh, gluten-free at least, and uh, she was in heaven. None of the beers had any effect on her on her her body or her health. So that just shows that, Hey, uh, they're actually doing something right. And, uh, for anyone that, that, uh, needs a gluten-free beer, these guys know how to make some damn good beer. So yeah, get it out there to the people that need it. I know that, uh, one of our, I don't know if he listens, Tim, uh, uh, we are for him on Twitter. Uh, you know, he comments on my beers and every time I do a gluten-free beer, he asks about it because he's, you know, he, he's gluten-free free uh and uh if he is listening tim if you are listening right into us let me know your experiences so i can talk about it on the show i'd love to to be able to hear uh, other people that enjoy drinking but have trouble because they they can't you know drink gluten uh, and we'll, we, we plan on doing a, a gluten free type show in the future anyway to talk about that type of beer and how it's done uh, we just need to make sure we get our research done because there's a bunch of different methods of doing it and we're you know, we're not experts, at least at least not me. So, all right. The other brewery we got to visit while we were there at the same night, it was, a, it was a great night, was the Two Beers Brewing. And they are also, uh, you know, the, the, the cider company that's a – now, I'm assuming the same person owns both things. as the Seattle Cider and the Two Beers, and or are they just next to each other? How's that work, John? I believe that's the same company. Okay. Um, they do both. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we got to visit two beers, which I've had two beers, beers. I've got them from John. He, he provided me some samples when I visited him. And I've also, we can get a couple offerings here in the Boise area. And I enjoy their beers. Their beers are, are great, but we had to go and try the, the award winning, what was it, Immersion Amber? Was it Immersion? Yeah. Yeah. The Immersion Amber that won gold. Yeah. That won the gold. And, uh, I, hey, I, you know what? I'm not an amber fan either, but that was a good amber. I really did appreciate uh, that beer, and hey, it's a gold winner. Now I've I've had it. It's great. And all the beers I had, uh, I sampled. I, I had nothing negative to say. They had, they had a fresh hop that was inc- that was incredible. Uh, you you enjoyed that beer too, right, John? That fresh hop beer. Yeah, yeah. That one was a one I got a pint of, um, and that 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 beer was absolutely great. The just hop characters blew right out of the glass. Yeah. Um, and I uh, learned uh, after you left that uh, they had won at the uh, Yakima Fresh Hop Festival oh, that's um, right. for best fresh hop IPA. So um, if you can win a fresh hop, you know, beer competition in Yakima where they grow, you know, 90% of the hops, <laughs> I think you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, so... so uh, that that one was really good. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, good beer from two beers. And but what I want to kind of highlight on is the cider, Seattle cider, the the cider portion. Um, I was uh, I was blown away. I am not a huge cider fan. There's a I I like cider that's not too sweet, that's not too heavy, doesn't give me headaches. You know, a lot of times cider is just full of sugar, and sometimes that that can really give you kind of a a, a headache if you drink too much of it. I was very impressed with the quality of this cider from from this company. Uh, it felt like it truly was like artisanal, uh, you know, made cider. I don't know what what they call the process of making cider, cider making or whatever it is. I don't know what's the process called, John, for making cider. I think it's just cider making. I don't cider know making. Anything okay. Special. Yeah, but they, uh, I tried, I think that, I got uh, eight samples, I think, from, from the cider. And they had anything, everything from a dry to a semi-sweet to a honey cider. They had a pepper cider that was incredible. I don't like peppers, but geez, that that three pepper cider was, that's the one, that's the right one, right? The three pepper cider, is that? Yeah, that, yeah. that one was fun because Sarah and I got a good laugh because it caught you off guard. Um, yeah, yeah. How much spice was in it? So yeah, that was good. Um, and uh, and and a few more. There was eight altogether, and I'll tell you what, I really I enjoyed everything. And I we but we um, John provided us a couple more cans that we can drink while we're here, and I'm I'm happy because I can't get it here yet. I'm hoping they'll eventually start bringing their cider to. Um, to the Boise area also. Um, one more beer from the from the two beers that I didn't mention that really impressed me was the pumpkin latte, spice latte, right? Is that what it was, the pumpkin spice yeah. latte? Um, that was – we tried that, and I didn't put together the latte being coffee. And when I took that sip, and I'm like, whoa, wow, I'm getting coffee notes out of this pumpkin beer. <laughs> and it, it took John – to tell me, well, you know, it is called pumpkin latte spice or spice latte. I'm like, oh, oh it makes sense now. Um, that was a pumpkin beer that truly was very, very tasty. I really did enjoy that pumpkin beer. And I think it was because it added that little bit of coffee and that, that pumpkin spice. And it was, it just, it went together very, very nice. Uh, and I'm not a pumpkin coffee fan, spice coffee fan. It's just that, in that beer, it just it, everything blended really well, and I enjoyed it. So, just want to throw, you know, throw some uh, some good vibes over that way to the pumpkin beer side. Yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed uh, visiting these two places, and uh, you know, I'd been to two beers and the Seattle cider before. Um, although they've redone their tap room, so if you've been there and haven't uh, been lately, head back. It's really really cool now. Mm. Um, but I, I have to say, you know, you mentioned Sarah not being able to to enjoy your beers anymore, mm-hmm. and you know, I struggle. I, the best part of that night for me was just the joy that she was getting out of being able to go back to drinking a stout and drinking. Yeah. You know, I mean, she just found so many things that she was able to to drink and enjoy, and uh, it, it was it was really great. Every turn, she just uh, was so excited yeah um, for it all so that was yeah. great yeah that was the highlight i mean i that that day was for her i everything i did on on that thursday was to to give her a good time and and to make her 
let her enjoy some beer again and some cider. And uh, one quick story. I told you, John, about this, but I'll tell you what. we Every time we go to downtown Seattle, we always go to Pike's Market and we always go to Pike's Brewing. Uh, the, that is just, we enjoy that, that brewery. We enjoy the people in there. They're always nice. They're always accommodating. Um, Sarah has some food allergies that keeps her from eating certain things. And we, our waitress was so fantastic. She, she was a vegan. So a lot of the foods that my wife has to eat has to be vegan. And she helped her through the menu and told her what to eat, what not to eat. And when my wife asked, hey, do you have a gluten-free beer by any chance? And she says, yeah, we have two. Uh, we have a stout and an L. And when she saw my wife's face light up, like, oh, you have a stout? You know, it's like that she literally lit up in excitement along with her. And that was that made us both feel I, – I just sat there just with a big grin on my face because, I mean, she was truly excited for my wife knowing that – People have these type of allergies and these kind of food things that they can't enjoy things. And when they get an opportunity to enjoy it, they just it makes their whole day. Um, it made my day just to see that that the service in in that in that place, that waitress was so fantastic to you know to appreciate what my wife's going through. Now to put that in perspective from our trip before, till we went to Eugene, we stopped into Deschutes Brewery's pub. I love Deschutes Brewery. I love their pub. But I will say this, the waitress we had there wasn't quite so enthusiastic. When my wife said, do you have a gluten-free beer? She said, yeah, we have one. And she says, well, what's in it? You know, she has to make sure it doesn't have anything extra in there. And she explained, well, it's, you know, if you're, if you're a celiac, which she's not a celiac, but, you know, then a, then a brewery is the wrong place for you to be. You know, she was kind of being a sarcastic little bitch, to be honest with you. And that, that's not needed. That's bad service. You know, people can't help the fact that they, you know, have things they can't eat. But, you know, it just, I mean, there's just two sides of the service. Everyone in the service industry needs to, you know, try to be a little accommodating to people that are just trying to, you know, have a good time and eat things without getting them sick. I don't want to take her to the hospital because her throat swells up or, you know, she's getting you know, things happening. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw out the big two thumbs up to Pike's Brewing, their awesome service, their fantastic waitress, and their good beers. All right. Well, hey, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on there, but I got to I gotta talk, you know, when I get excited about things, I just, I just, you know, talk about it. And hopefully you guys get excited too. But, John, you know what? The main purpose of our trip, besides to visit with you, because I love visiting with you and your family, was to go to the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival that's held at the Elysian Brewery right there in Seattle. And this was the 11th annual Pumpkin Beer Festival. And uh, you and I and our wives and some of your friends got together to partake in the celebration. Uh, and let's just talk about that a little bit. You want to talk about the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival? I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> first, first thing I want to say, though, is uh, I love drinking with John. Uh, when we start drinking and we're feeling good, we, you know, we both get funny. We are funny guys that that just have fun and we laugh and we just, you know, at least we're, we think we're funny. No, we're, other people may not feel yeah. so, but uh, we think we're funny together yeah. for each other. Yeah, we're funny together. <laughs> but but people aren't ever, a, you know, I don't think I don't think anyone ever gets embarrassed to be with us. At least I mean, I always ask Sarah, hey. You know, did I embarrass you last night? If I did, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're just funny and just people people 
enjoy just us being fun and, and having a good time. And John, let me tell you this. Uh, you're, you're a great guy to drink with. Normally I love it. But when you enter into beer fest mode, uh, you are, you're just, I mean, it's, it's like a, a whole other level. I've never seen you in beer fest mode and I want to see more of that because that was an awesome time. You were just jumping around, bubbly, getting beers, yeah. having a good time. It's not often I bust out my dance moves. Yeah. But, uh, beer yeah. fest mode brings it out. You yeah. got to be there. Yeah. So, so now I want to go to every, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got to go to every brew fest that John goes to because I just got to, you know, I got to, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed our time. I enjoyed seeing you even, you know, more in the element of, of the beer fest mode. And, uh, and hey, I just wanted to just shout you out for your awesome beer fest, uh, you know, mode. <laughs> 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 oh, it was fun we we all had a great time so um uh you know and and you know the the one thing i think though that the takeaway from the great pumpkin beer fest is that we need orange laser shoot laser yes. shoots <laughs> but uh you know I, I feel like we would have fit in a lot better if we had uh, a nice suit of a bright orange or yeah. even a muted orange you know yeah, yeah. just uh I, I something to, to lighten it up. I, yeah, I could have wore my bright orange speedo or something. I, there was speedos out there too. I mean, there was more clothes and less clothes. There was a lot of uh, skin showing <laughs> of the male variety, though. We needed more female variety skin too. It was all one sided. All the the girls got all the all the eye candy. Yeah, Tarzan was very full of himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just to go over a little bit about this festival, it's, uh, again, it's held in Seattle at the Elysian Brewery um, over by what they call what, Airport Way, what area? That, is that Georgetown, I guess, that Georgetown area? Yeah, Georgetown, uh, which is right next to Boeing Field, okay. um, which is a smaller airport, not the main airport people flying in and out of for, okay. for Seattle. Okay. Uh, the cost was uh, was reasonable. Twenty eight dollars got you into the beer festival, and it was pre order tickets only. If you didn't pre order your tickets, you weren't getting in. They, you had to pre order your tickets. Uh, they're sold out. I mean, it, there's no no tickets to the door, and it was twenty eight bucks. It got you uh, a nice little five point five ounce uh, snifter, pumpkin shaped snifter glass, which I love. I absolutely love that glass. And it got you six drink tickets to sample six things. Um, and you could also buy tickets for $2 per, uh, per ticket to sample one of the 80 beers. 80 beers. They had 80 pumpkin beers. The only beers they have in this place have to have some kind of pumpkin in it. That's 80 pumpkin beers. I, is that incredible or what? I mean, who would have guessed they could have 80 different pumpkin beers? Um, and there was 50 breweries that were there. I counted, I counted 50. I was shocked to see that there's that many breweries too. So, um, and 18 of those beers were brewed right from Elysian. So they took a big uh, stand and said, yeah, we're going to pump out some pumpkin beers of all kinds of varieties and uh, we're going to put our name on it. This is our show. We're going to, we're going to provide it. So, um, so now, John, now that we just told our listeners what this is all about and how much fun we had, let's, Let's talk about some of the there's just some of the noteworthy pumpkin beers that we had during this festival that we would just like to to talk about and and if people can get it in their area that we could recommend their, them uh, go ahead and drink. All right, let's do it. So I guess I'll start off with a little Idaho love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for Payette again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they had another pumpkin spice latte. You know, you mentioned two beers. Mm -hmm. They had their basic uh, pumpkin spice latte beer, uh, which is another, you know, just nice hint of coffee, you know, very pleasant. And I'm starting to think that that is a pretty good way to do a pumpkin beer. And I might have to experiment because I've, Played with coffee here recently with some mm-hmm. success, so I might have to bring back the pumpkin and see what I can come up with. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I think that among the the larger group, that was one of the winners. Um, yeah, for folks. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, I didn't have a whole one of that, but I did taste yours, and I I meant to go back and get it. Oh, you know what? Did I get a sample? No, I can't remember if I got one of my last samples of that. I don't know. The as we got towards the end of the night, um, yeah, yeah, we may have had a few uh, extra tickets. Yeah, may have had a few. <laughs> yeah, the, the tickets were like laying on the ground, and if they're laying on the ground, hey, I can't help but to go and spend it because I don't want them to go to waste. So yeah, it's, <laughs> you can't waste beer tickets. Yeah, yeah, not okay. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Yeah, I, I like that one too, and, and I agree with you. I think if you do your dry beaning, your dry coffee beaning. With a little bit of spice. Now, again, you got to keep the spice, you know, um, in check. You don't want to go too spicy. But I think the coffee with the pumpkin spice on a, uh, you know, on like a, even like maybe you do a brown ale or a, or a porter base. What, what kind of base would you think about doing? Yeah, probably something like that. Um, you know, I, I could see, you know, there's some of those, uh, White stouts or whatever they're calling them. Oh yeah, stouts. I yeah, yeah. I guess you could go that route if you're putting the coffee in anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think that you know that balance is something that Payette and Two Beers both did really well. They, yeah, the spice and the coffee were both um, you know right in line with each other. Nothing you know dominated uh, the the beer. So yeah, yeah, they, they worked really well. Okay. I um yeah I'll t- I'll talk about one too real quick the uh, the ten barrel Jamaican me pumpkin again this is from ten barrel brewing and this was from the Bend Brewery and you can get beers now from the Bend Brewery which is the main brewery the the Boise uh, Brewing Brew Pub which is here in Boise and also the new pub they opened in Portland so now there's like three different locations that you can actually get some of these beers but this one came from the Bend location and it was. Uh, an Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It was 10.4% alcohol. Hey, you know what? You give me a pumpkin beer that's 10.4% and I am going to love it uh, no matter what. Uh, hey, you can't, you can't go wrong when you amp up a thing. I, I think I gave that beer in my overall pumpkin beer style rating, uh, four caps. And that's a great, that's a great, uh, score rating for me. So did you, did you sample that one, John, the Ten Barrel Jamaican Me? Do you remember? Yeah, that was actually the first beer I got uh, when we showed oh, okay. up. So I, I was starting uh, pretty high level. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe the second, actually. I think the next one you're going to mention is a, was the first one. But, um, yeah, that, and that one was actually uh, Asian rum barrels, I believe. Oh, you're right. Um, you're right. It was. Pumpkin. So yeah. it, it, the, the rum character didn't come through really strong. It was just kind of there in the back, which is really pleasant. Um, it really worked out well. So mm-hmm. kudos to, to Ten Barrel for that one. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. It was good. How about another beer from you, John? Which What other one would you uh, call out? So uh, the next one I'm going to do was more uh, out of 
kind of a curiosity, which I hadn't really experienced before. Um, that's a St. Arnold Pumpkinator, and also just has a sweet name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of these pumpkin beers are, you know, a lot of pumpkin pie spice type thing. Um, but this one tasted exactly like pumpkin pie, like even including like the crust and everything. Like, it was all there, mm. um, which is not, you know, a normal kind of pumpkin beer thing. Um, and it was really interesting. And I, I, I actually really enjoyed kind of having that, um, you know, the crust, which is kind of more like a cracker type thing there as well to kind of support the spices. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that one. I know, uh, uh, at least the, the ladies in the group, um, really liked that one too. I think it, it worked pretty well. So, yeah, I um that was another high octane one too. That was ten percent ABV, and it was a imperial stout. So, um, it it did. It had a nice body. The thing for me, you it did have a lot of pumpkin. It the the notes I put in in my little notes was wow, uh, loaded up on the spot on the flavor. Right, it was full of flavor. A lot of like you said, it had a lot of those flavors that came out. But I agree, it was it was an enjoyable beer that uh, that. But for me, I could only have a small amount of that because those spices were just a little bit too much for me for my palate to handle for drinking like a a full pint of that. Would you be able to drink a full pint? You think, or would you have to settle for maybe a half a pint? Um, I think I could do a full pint. I don't know that I'd do a second, but okay. I could definitely do a full pint. I mean, I think the uh, having that crust cracker kind of thing kind of cuts through it for me so that kind of helps out um with the the drinkability aspect of it okay so all right excellent excellent so so now we've talked let's see we've talked about an imperial pumpkin ale we talked about just a basic pumpkin spice like coffee latte a coffee spice one we talked about a imperial stout hey let's go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about the almanac pumpkin sour beer so now we're going all the way to sours, and uh, I really enjoyed this one. I love, you know what? I love everything that that Almanac puts out. Uh, they they're out of the uh, San Jose or San Francisco area, somewhere in, around San Francisco, San Jose, and I don't get a lot of the stuff that comes in, or they, they don't put, bring a lot of stuff into Boise area. But when they do bring something in, I always pick up a bottle of it, especially their special reserve stuff, because Man, they they know how to do some really good sours. So this one, uh, I'm trying to look at my notes here. Really, Alaskan. Yeah, I should have been more prepared. Yeah, this one was the one that I had first. I went, I beelined for it because um, I'd had their version the year before. Okay. Um, and I knew it had run out early, so I went straight for it when we got there because we we showed up uh, about 45 minutes yeah. after it started. It opened yeah. Up. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of these beers go real fast, especially when they get a reputation. Um, cause I, I know there were things that I know you, we were looking for even midway through that, that had they already gone. The keg had blown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, yeah, for, for me, I, I really love it. It's, it's not something that you get, I think, I think a much pumpkin character from, um, but, uh, the, the overall beer as a whole, it's it's a really solid sour beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I, I found the um, the description here. Uh, it's it's actually a uh, a spice brown ale that was aged for months in wine and Woodford Reserve bourbon barrels uh, with hand roasted California heirloom pumpkins. Wow. Heirloom pumpkins. That must be a really special type of pumpkin if they're heirlooms. <laughs> and and it comes in right at 8.3% alcohol. So, again, these pumpkin beers, they know how to amp up the alcohol content in here. I, I, I'm, that's, you know, maybe I need to become a pumpkin beer fan now because all of them are high-octane beers. Yeah, it's just anything above eight percent, you're you're you'll be on board for. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It makes it <laughs> worth it. It's like okay, well, maybe I don't like the spices as much, but you know what? I'm getting buzzed, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so all right, my next one is gonna go in a, another direction. So just as we throw out a ton of unique beers or or ways to approach these pumpkin beers. Uh, so this one's from Postdoc Brewing, uh, which is in the Redmond Woodenville area here outside Washington, and it's their Ghost Reaper Pumpkin Porter. Uh, <clears throat> those familiar with uh, peppers may put that together. Uh, so <laughs> they used ghost peppers and Carolina Reapers in this beer, which are two of the hottest peppers in the world. Mm. Um, which. I think, you know, we, I think the group saw this early and everybody was a little hesitant because nobody wanted to be the one to get their mouth just absolutely torn apart by these peppers and not be able to enjoy, you know, any of the other beers that night. Um, but this beer was amazing. Yes. And the, it had a nice spice level, wasn't too hot. You, I think you actually got some of the, I don't know, the, the flavor of the pepper mm-hmm. as opposed to just heat. Um, you know, the, the heat was, there was, there was heat, um, but it wasn't uh, overpowering in any way. It was nice in line with the beer. Uh, I think we, we actually, there was a, another uh, pepper beer there with habaneros that was, uh, had more heat um, than, than this one did. Uh, but uh, this one I think was a, Maybe the biggest like surprise, yeah, uh, like good surprise, anyway, uh, for the for the festival. Um, but th- that one I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, Postdoc does some really good IPAs. So okay, if you're ever in the area. Yeah, I, I'll need to go back and visit him. I, l- let me tell you this: I've mentioned that I don't like pepper beers. I have a very low tolerance. I can drink maybe a taster of it, but that usually is as far as I go, and and I don't like. I, I just learned that I've tried many, many different ones, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to stay away from these beers now. But I tasted this one, and uh, after I tasted it, I was so surprised. I went and got a full sample, a full ticket worth five, you know, five ounces of this beer. That's how good this beer was. Is that I wanted a whole glass of it. So. Hey, if that tells you anything about about the worthiness of this uh, of this beer, that should because uh, it, it was it was really good, really good. All right, now John, this is a beer that we went and I think we got at the same time, uh, and it was a I, and I, I think we went and got it for the pure fact of the name. We saw the name and we said, "Oh my gosh, 
we've got to get this beer. And it's well, the... Well, oh, now, hold on. Okay. It was a combination of the name <laughs> and the artwork. And the artwork, yes. Which will make sense when you say the name. Yes. This, this, <laughs> this is the only Elysian beer that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, and it's the Nymphogordiac Northwest IPA pumpkin beer. And uh, I posted the artwork uh, in my Instagram. And I also... it's. Probably included in the uh, the untapped post too. Uh, it's two pumpkins, you know, going at it with big smiles on their face, and it's pretty damn hilarious. I I have to admit that uh, that the artwork is is a classic that we will never see on a beer bottle label. Too bad. Oh, that would never be approved. <laughs> but uh, but I one thing we you know I want to mention too is that. The naming of these beers, there's 80 different beers that were at this place, and I got a chuckle out of so many clever names like the Nymphogordiac yeah. and the, the Pumpkinator. And, I mean, they, they really yeah, – Yeah, pumpkin puns out the wazoo. <laughs> if you ever wanted – like, if you're, if you're a pun fan and a pumpkin fan, this is a place because, I mean, it's just people are sitting around drinking beer. They're like, oh, that's what we should name it. Definitely. You know, so it's, yeah, great, great for names. So, yeah. And, um, this one though, uh, a, a good, it was, it was actually a really good IPA, but, uh, a fr- fresh hop actually. Was it a fresh hop IPA? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I didn't realize it was fresh hop, but it had, it had great, it got great hop flavor, but, Honestly, did do you remember tasting any pumpkinness to it or any kind of spice to it? I don't know if I remember tasting much spice. No, to it. and yeah, th- this one was one that we brought back, and you know, people started tasting, and everyone started calling BS that it belonged um, <laughs> because it was just a really, really solid IPA um, that maybe had a, a bit of pumpkin chucked in at some point, you know, but it, it just. Yeah, the pumpkin didn't come through. There's no spice that that, that came through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, knowing Elysian, they put a crap ton of pumpkin. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's very possible that pumpkin was there. Pumpkin itself doesn't lend a lot of character mm-hmm. um, to beers. Uh, so I know a lot of, at least in the homebrew, you know, spectrum folks will put it in the mash and, and things like that. But it, it, they don't, you don't get a whole lot. Um, I think a lot of people think the biggest contributor uh, that pumpkin will do is color. Um, not, not really anything in the flavor, yeah. uh, the, the sugars and such that you get out of it are very clean. Um, you know, not, not having a lot of residual character along with it. So, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Really solid beer. All right. So. Okay. So we, one more, we have one more, John. What's the last beer that we want to we want to end our uh, our note noteworthy pumpkin beers on? So we have one more that I think independently we decided was our favorite beer of the festival. Yes, is that true? That, that is true. True for you as well. That is okay. true. This is my this is my beer of the show. If there was a beer of the show, <laughs> and uh, that belongs to the brewery Autumn Maple, mm-hmm. uh, which. I think you have a list here as a Belgian style brown ale. Is yeah. That the... Yeah, that's wow. the official that's the official uh style that's listed in this pamphlet that I'm looking at right now. Wow, uh, I now I'm sad my pamphlet's gone. But uh <laughs> <laughs> this beer 
was just incredible. Really smooth, uh, just a lot of complex flavors that, that went into it, and everything. I, I think the if you so one word for this is absolutely balanced. Yes. Everything going on is in complete conjunction with everything else, mm-hmm. and uh, it, this was just a real treat. And I think the I don't know who came back with it first to the group, but it was instantly. Everybody go get this before it runs out. Oh, and yeah. sure enough, I think 15, 20 minutes later, it was gone. Um, <laughs> somebody delayed and they went and they couldn't get it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, what were your thoughts on, on this one? Uh, it's the same thing. I thought the flavors, and, I, I, and in a minute I'll, I'll list what the flavors they put in it. I thought the flavors were so, I mean, just so complex. I mean, so many stuff going on. It was very complex. Plex beer, but just had a, I mean, great flavor and was so balanced that I didn't, I, I knew I was drinking something that was high alcohol, but I didn't feel like I was drinking something that was high alcohol because the flavors blended so well with the, with the alcohol that you didn't, you didn't know it was. It's like drinking, it's like drinking some, I won't, I'm using it as a analogy, but it's like drinking those, uh, those, uh, Everclear punch things, right? You don't realize there's so much alcohol in it because it tastes like fruity. The same thing. You don't realize there was 10% ABV in this because the flavors masked it so well. And it was such a smooth, good uh, flavored beer. And and this is one that, um, similar to the Rumpkin, which I managed to get a sample of the year before, uh, the the little, you know, mini five and a half, six ounce snifter, is almost just the perfect mm-hmm. like serving size for this. Like it's just something you want to sip, like in front of the fire in the winter. Something you know, just really slow, just nightcap kind of thing. Um, that it's just really, really nice. And uh, just for a little perspective, this was at ninety nine bottles when we were there um, earlier in the day, and I believe it was eighteen bucks. Yeah, so you know, get to try a fantastic beer like this as part of your, your ticket. Yeah. You know, yeah. It kind of helps pay it off. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, ba- basically, you know, it's a, that, that was that a 22 ounce bottle that this was in if you at the shop or was it smaller? Yes. I believe it was a, a bomber. Okay. So it's basically a quarter of the price. So, you know, it's a uh, four fifty. That that's I mean that's what this sample would have cost you if you bought the bottle. You just got that for two dollars, right? For a ticket of two dollars, that's a great deal. You pay two dollars for four four dollars and fifty cents worth of a beer, so <laughs> you, that's a good deal. So let me explain what's in this beer for all of our listeners and to you too, John. Since you don't have your pamphlet anymore, you you might enjoy this. So it says it's the autumn maple from the brewery. Just to make sure we we let everyone know it's from the brewery, and I'll put. I'll put these in the show notes. So if you want to find these, look on the show notes on the website. You can find exactly the beers that we just talked about, and you can find it. Hopefully, find them in your bottle shop. So this one yeah, says, for those, for those not familiar, at the brewery, it's B R U E R Y. Yeah, it's. Um, I believe it. The it's from someone's last name, uh, Brew, or I think. Okay. Um, the owner or founder. But, uh, yeah, not, not the way you would instantly think to type it into your browser. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's not, uh, 
Yeah, it's a little bit spelled kind of funky, but hey, most craft beer things are kind of funky, like uh, society. I would have never spelled it the way that uh, it's spelled, but oh well. All right, so this is a Belgian-style brown ale brewed, and get this, with 17 pounds of yams per barrel. <laughs> per barrel. I mean, wow, that's a lot of yams. And in this, I'm, I'm guessing that they brewed this beer on a on their big system, right? So... I don't know what kind of system they have, but it's probably at least a, what do you think, a 10 barrel or 50 barrel? I mean, oh, big, yeah, bigger than 10. Big, bigger than 10? At least, I would guess 30 minimum. 30? Yeah, so I, if they only brewed one batch of this, that's like 17 times 30 pounds of yam. That's a lot of damn yams. I'm, that's crazy. Um, it says, this autumn seasonal is a different take on the pumpkin beer style. It's brewed with cinnamon nutmeg, allspice, vanilla, molasses, and maple syrup, and fermented with their traditional Belgian yeast strain. It says this bold and spicy beer is perfect on a cold autumn evening. And that's right. I think on that evening, too, it wasn't cold, but it had a little bit of a chill in the air because it was kind of overcast and stuff. It was raining early, a little bit earlier. It was raining, and it had a little bit of chill in the air. And, man, this beer kind of warmed you up. You know, it wasn't too hot, but it was just kind of a nice little, uh, you know, warm, warm you up type beer. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... Now we know why there were so many complex flavors in there. You had molasses and maple syrup and vanilla, allspice, which we expect, cinnamon and nutmeg. So And 17 pounds of yams per barrel. Whew. All right. Well, hey, John, I think we did a pretty good job of giving our listeners an idea of what they would expect if they were to go, well, you know, we didn't talk about all the, the antics that went on. Um, there, there's some crazy stuff that was going on with the brewers. They went, they were going, they were going crazy. They were just, they let their, their hair down and they were just parting it up. And I think the next day they probably had a really bad hangover because they, they were, <laughs> they, they, they were leaving nothing, uh, back. And also that one guy might have had a little bit of a groin issue too when he, Jump from pumpkin to pumpkin and kind of miss and, and nailed him nailed himself on that. Yeah, that that was which we failed to mention that the beer they tapped from the pumpkin, you know that uh, about an an hour or so before the the fest ends for the night, they they tap a giant like thirteen hundred pound pumpkin. Yeah, that's full of beer, and uh, you know it's it's free for your entrance, so you don't have to pay a ticket for it. They just gotta start just pouring pictures off of it and just passing it out to everybody. And um, they've got a marching band that's coming out and playing music. And uh, once they were done pouring from the pumpkin, yeah, this guy was jumping from <laughs> huge pumpkin to huge pumpkin. And he slipped a bit. Uh, we'll just say that. And, uh, any, any guy would have uh, instantly uh, felt uh, really bad for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just the, you know, the, Tapping of the pumpkin, it, it's a huge uh, part of the of the festival, and mm-hmm. it's really fun to to watch. And they get the band going; everybody's excited and going going crazy. So yeah, yeah, it it was a good time. Um, I I also failed to mention that I think I mentioned that John had uh, some of his friends that showed up too, and they had their friends, and so there's we had a pretty good crowd of people that we were hanging out with, and all of them were really really fun to be with and we had a uh, that that helps make the experience just that much better when you have a crowd that you can talk to and and 
and uh, you know pass around the, what they've sampled and and just and just joke around and have have fun. I uh, the whole experience yeah. was, was a good time. Yeah, I think we we had some could dropping in and out, but I think we maxed out around twelve at, at one point. Oh wow! That we had all in our big circle. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. that was a good time. Yep, good times indeed. And like we've mentioned before, uh, beer festivals can be fun. So go out there and enjoy them, but be safe. Make sure you have a designated driver and you uh, you get yourself home safely after all the festivities. All right. Well, sticking with the pumpkin beer theme, we are going to dive into our Brew Buzz segment, uh, and we're going to talk about the pumpkin beer style guidelines. And the guidelines are kind of, uh, I mean, they're kind of a bit vague, they have a generalistic type thing of what you can expect in this type of a beer, but they're not going to tell you exactly that this is how the beer should be. Because as we just mentioned, you just heard John and I talk about a bunch of different base style beers that are, uh, are pumpkin beers or yam beers. And, uh, they're, they're all kinds. There's porters, there's saisons, there's triples, there's Belgian brown ales, there's regular brown ales, there's all kinds of different base styles. All of them give you a different characteristic that comes from that base with some common uh, things that, that we'll discuss here in the uh, in the style guideline. But uh, so as I mentioned, within the last couple years, the pumpkin beer craze has really, really blown up and increased uh, in their pumpkin beer offerings uh, from, you know, in every type of beer style. I remember when we first started getting pumpkin beers, it was pretty much just a generic, you know, light ale, some kind of a blonde ale or whatever ale. It's, it's not it's not a dark ale. It's a lighter ale. And they would just, like, dump a bunch of spices in there and call it a pumpkin, and maybe some pumpkin too, and they would call it a, a pumpkin ale. And I'll tell you what, those beers were the ones that I really disliked. And it, you know, after having a couple of those type of beers, I just told myself that, hey, I don't like pumpkin beers and just stayed away from them. But you know what? Things have changed. And, uh, that's, it's kind of polarizing. You either like pumpkin beers or you hate pumpkin beers. That's the way it's been early on. But now I think that those lines are a little bit not so black and white. There's kind of a fuzziness between them because of the fact that Brewers are really getting creative and they're throwing these pumpkin, the pumpkin and yams and spices into these different base styles and really coming up with some unique good beers. And, you know, John and I just talked about a, a bunch of different varieties that, uh, that, hey, I'm impressed. I'm no longer a pumpkin beer hater because, uh, there's some that I really do enjoy. Now that we have a variety of base beer styles adding pumpkin and or the spices related to pumpkin you know, cooking like pumpkin pies, uh, you know, these beers may change your mind on uh, a pumpkin style of beers. You may actually enjoy it like like I'm enjoying it now. So let's get right into the beer judging certification program guidelines. And the category for pumpkin beers is actually in the spiced beer category. And it's the autumn seasonal beer. That's what we're going to take it off of. This autumn time is when it's going to be released. And it's going to be a season, you know, autumn seasonal beers going to have, uh, uh these, these spiced, uh, flavors. So the autumn seasonal beers are beers that suggest cool weather and the autumn harvest season and may include pumpkin or other squashes and associated spices. 
that go with those. Okay, that makes sense. The overall impression of, of an autumn seasonal beer is it's going to be an amber to a copper coloring. It's going to be a spiced beer that offers a moderate, rich body, uh, slightly warming finish, and suggests it's a good accompaniment for the cool fall season and often is uh, brings you memories of Thanksgiving time. Uh, traditions. You know, it's going to be pumpkin pie, right? That's what we're going to see. Or candied yams. You know, some of these beers have, you know, more of a sweet, you know, candied side to it, too. So, um, John, uh, let's go into uh, what, what what you expect for the aroma of one of these spiced autumn seasonal beers. Yeah, so the, the main hitter in the aroma is going to be any kind of spice addition. You know, the pumpkin pie, the candied yams, like you mentioned. Um, Thanksgiving themed dishes. Uh, so really, I mean, you could go cranberry, you know, some of those kind of mm. fruits. Yeah. Um, if you, you really want to perfect that turkey beer, you know, you could do it technically under this category. Um, although this is really meant for pumpkin beers, but <laughs> it's, it, it does say autumn seasonal. I'm just saying. Anybody looking to push the boundary? I, I, don't, um, I don't know if I want a turkey flavored <laughs> beer, though. I just. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good. Challenge accepted. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> All right, uh, but uh, you know the, the base. They more multi is what they they more expect, and you know that kind of goes back to the the IPA that we talked about, which you know the hops are so strong and so assertive that, and any pumpkin that may have been in there was just set aside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a more malty beer is going to let the pumpkin, let the spices or anything else shine, um, in, in that aroma. Um, additional, you know, fermentables that you might have like a brown sugar, honey, molasses, maple syrup, like we mentioned with the, uh, the brewery autumn maple, um, you know, all that stuff is going to play into the same theme and, you know, it'll all, all can come together in, in the aroma here. Uh, we mentioned a lot of high alcohol beers, but, uh, I think Denny, you can attest the alcohol not present yeah. really in, in the aroma. Um, if it's there, it should be very restrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't really want it to smell like rubbing alcohol or anything like that. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> just to, to kick off, I think a, as a whole, we can say balance. Mm-hmm. Balance is, is the key. And I think it's going to, we're going to repeat that as we go here. Aroma, flavor. You know, overall, your overall impression, you want balance. Okay. Um, so that, yeah. that's that's going to be a key here for your aroma as well. Okay. So uh, so as we're smelling this, what are we looking at, Danny? What's our appearance? Well, uh, it can it can be a range of stuff depending, again, on the, the base style that you're going to use. But generally, you're going to have a medium amber to a coppery brown coloring, of course, in the lighter versions, uh, which are the more common. You know, I think if you – we mentioned – you know, early on in the in the pumpkin beer offerings, a lot of those pumpkin beers were lighter ales, and now we're starting to see that there's more of those porters and stuff. And of course, those will definitely be a little bit darker because of the of the malts that they're using. Um, it should be a clear beer. Uh, you don't want to. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. Did we see any in in the offerings that we had at the pumpkin beer fest? I don't think I remember seeing any like cloudy or uh, unfiltered beers. Um, maybe this, I don't know. My, my memory is a little cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, it, but, uh, it, and it was, it was dark. <laughs> it was dark too. It was dark too. Yeah, we'll so go with that. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, they're saying that, Hey, a, a good beer that follows a guideline should be a clear beer. 
Um, and uh, it says that if you have a darker version, then it can be uh, virtually opaque. So, hey, okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. That sounds good. I, I like, I tend to like clear beers anyway. I think they give off a better, um, you know, stimulation to your to your eyes and your feelings if it's good. Now, if it's a Hefeweizen, then I expect it to be. I don't want to. I don't, when I see a clear Hefeweizen, I'm I'm getting off topic, but when I see a clear Hefeweizen, I automatically get kind of turned away because that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be murky and you know that's that's the way it's supposed to be. So, all right. Just on, on your tangent, though, yeah. uh, Crystal Weizen is a thing, and that's the clear wheat beer. So ah. if, it's, if it's labeled Crystal Weizen, that's okay. Okay. That, so. Hey, good. I'm glad you you definitely, uh, yeah, that yeah. And and I've again going off tangent. Um, the Hefeweizen <laughs> that the uh, the brewery I used to help out with their uh, with their social media stuff, the Kilted Dragon, which is no longer in business, uh, they had a Hefeweizen that was a must have been a crystal visin because their natural brewing process came out clear. They didn't do any filtering. Uh, it just came out in a clear manner. So even though they didn't label it a crystal visin, maybe that's what it was. And uh, now we know. I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out. So. Yeah, uh, Black Raven does a crystal visin. Okay. So Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. All right. All right. Back back on topic, though. We don't want to get sidetracked. Um Talking about the head, it's, it's going to have a well-formed head that will be anywhere from off-white to tan. Again, depending on the materials that are being, you know, what the base beer is. And the versions with squashes, though, they will take on, uh, you know, a us- an unusual hue to the beer. And it will have more of an orange, you know, tint to it. So. Yeah, and that, that's what I was mentioning before. With the, the pumpkin itself, if you're adding it in, it's, it's much more likely to just affect the color. Mm-hmm. than the flavor itself or yeah. aroma. So, yeah. So so uh, um, you, you just talked about the aroma, John, uh, and the flavors, though. Uh, they're going to take on the aroma kind of uh, characteristics too, right? Yeah. Your 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 aroma and flavor are going to be really closely linked uh, for, for these kind of beers because any spices you're using, that kind of thing, are, are going to carry over. Um, what may be different here, you may be picking up, uh, more of the malt character. Um, so some of your, you know, caramel or toasty, biscuity, that kind of, that kind of thing may come across more in the flavor than it would in the aroma. Um, <clears throat> as well, you, you might get some, some of your distinctness from your molasses, honey, that, but, uh, I found spices usually are, if they're prevalent in the aroma, you're going to get it in the flavor too. Um, I think it's really hard to get it one way or the other without, or one way without the other, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a huge range of, of all this stuff. You know, all these things I'm listing, they're not necessarily, they're not going to be in every beer. It's going to be some of these in every beer. And, uh, again, balance, it, it's going to look, you look for a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're usually not going to have a high bitterness or hops, um, which makes that, that fresh hop IPA we mentioned um, a little out, outside of the, <laughs> the category. If, if that was entered in this category, it would not uh, it, would not, it would not. <laughs> well, um, in terms of, of the judging, it would get a very high, uh, you know, overall impression score. That this is a really delicious beer, um, but everywhere else it, it would not do well because they're looking for that seasonal character. Um, but uh, you know. <clears throat> Usually th- these beers um, 
a lot of the, the spice, these extra elements, um, but you want them to play well together. And uh, it's it's going to be, you know, very reminiscent of, of having your dessert or, or something like that. It's going to be, you know, full, satisfying, even if it's not, um, you know, a dark beer. It's going to, a lot of those spices kind of give you that perception mm-hmm. of, of fullness. So, uh, yeah, overall, uh, balance. I'm just going to keep saying that word, balance. <laughs> um, but, you know, I keep saying full. Which is uh, something we we generally associate with our mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how how about that mouthfeel, Danny? Yeah, the mouthfeel. Uh, it can again, it can be a wide range because, as we mentioned, uh, depending on the base style, uh, it, it could affect the mouthfeel and the and the fullness of the body, uh, and also the amount of the the veg the yams and the pumpkins that get added. You know, we mentioned. That that autumn maple had 17 pounds of yams per barrel, so that's going to have a lot more effect on that mouthfeel. So there's going to be a wide range of of interpretations of of the mouthfeel, but the body in general is going to be medium to full because of of that extra stuff in there. It's going to give you that me, at least a medium bodied beer, and uh, it's going to have uh, lots of characteristics of the malt and uh, and or some of that veg vegetable type uh, based. Uh, thickness to it, chewiness to it. Um, you're going to have uh, anywhere from a moderate, uh, moderately low to a moderately high carbonation uh, in this beer. Uh, and again, it just depends on what you're trying to create. Um, some beers you're going to have more carbonation than than other carbonations, and but I don't know that. I guess they didn't really pinpoint that. I would think that. They would try to pinpoint that more to a, a specific type of carbonation that works best with, with these beers. What do you, what's your interpretation? Well, uh, yeah, you know, as we keep going back and forth on, well, it could be this or it yeah. could be this. You know, uh, the uh, the new 2015 guidelines. I think we mentioned there's there's new updated guidelines right now. Mm-hmm. This category didn't exist before. This was just there was a generic spicer vegetable beer. Yeah, which. You really hoped you didn't piss off the competition coordinator <laughs> before judging because the, that category was so hit and miss because it, it's just anything that has something weird put in it. Um, and especially in the fall, you just, you're, it's pumpkin beer after pumpkin beer after pumpkin beer. And, you know, these guidelines are intentionally vague because you can have so many different base styles. And, when you enter one of these categories, it's it's kind of a, it's a requirement that you say, okay, I'm I brewed a Scotch ale with you know these pumpkin spices or this you know what whatever it is that makes it an autumn seasonal beer, um, and and that's what gives the judge you know that guideline of okay, well this this base beer has a medium carbonation level, so I expect medium carbonation for this beer as well. Mm. Um, you know, so if it picked a, a base beer that had higher carbonation, well, now that moderately high carbonation is what we'd expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it doesn't meet that criteria, then that that's a, a shortcoming in the okay. beer. Okay, okay. Um, so the, a lot of that's based on on the, the beer that's in front of you and, and how it's described by the entrant. So that, oh. that's where a lot of this vagueness comes from. All right. It, make, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if, if it, it's definitely a hodgepodge or a 
potpourri of of different types of things that go into this. So I can see where you'd have to have a wider range of acceptance. But as long as I, I like the fact that as long as you follow what the the base beer goes along with the this, it it makes sense. Um, we mentioned that that John and I, in our experiences, we didn't uh, even though these beers were you know really high. Uh, in alcohol, they didn't come across as a hot or boozy beer, and that's what the style is supposed to. You're supposed to, you know, it, it can it can have a little bit of a warming effect, but you're not going to want to have, uh, you know, a high uh, booziness or hotness to it with the alcohol. You do, alcohol should not overcome the the other flavors that you're getting. I don't want to make you sound like a broken record, but if you had uh, one thing to sum up overall, what this style is about what would that be hmm might have to go with balance (laughs) uh, yeah i i feel like i I just need a an ipad or something i can push a button and it says balance over and over (laughs) um but uh i i think if we look back at a lot of the beers that we talked about that we really enjoyed from the festival that would be a consistent line that we could draw through them Mm mm-hmm that there was a lot of balance between the different aspects of the beer. And, uh, that, that's really what you want. You don't want something to dominate. Um, you know, we had, I, I can think of one in particular that was just all cinnamon. Mm. That's what came through in, in, in the, the drink we had at, at that the was festival. The, the fireball, right? Was that with the fireball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody snuck that in. No. Um, but you know, it was completely dominated by one spice. And it, it took away from the overall enjoyment because it, it stood out and it, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, in, in balance or, or harmony. Mm-hmm. If we want to use it. Harmony, yeah. Word. Yeah, harmony is good. <clears throat> um, so, you know, whenever you're putting these spices in into something, it's really easy to overdo it. Um, and I think that being able to dial that in as a brewer, it really makes can make your beer shine. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's the key. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the guidelines, they, they state that the beer should read as a spice beer, but without having to tell that specific spices are present. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want these different spices to play together nicely as, as they would in in your meal. You know, we mentioned like Thanksgiving, You, you want, them to play together in your meal, it, be it your dessert or, you know, your full course. It, it, they need to be in harmony with each other. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. Okay. Okay. Well, ha- let's just talk about some of these ingredients we might see in a pumpkin or a, a autumn spiced beer. And of course, spices are required. Hey, yeah, you're not going to get those autumn uh, Thanksgiving season type flavors. If you don't throw in some of the spices that are representative of of eating foods of that time frame, so of course you're gonna have like allspice, nutmeg, some cinnamon, some cloves, some ginger. You know, flavors like that. Those are the spices that you'll probably end up adding in there to give you those unique um, spicy flavors. Uh, any combination is possible. Just again, make sure that it uh, it it blends well is harmonious with the with the beer and doesn't stand out and you know make you kind of want to gag like some beers do 
Um, but there's also some other uh, flavorful adjuncts that you can add to the beer too, and it will also help with the fermentation uh, uh, you know, uh, process. And we already mentioned molasses, right? Molasses is a, is a good adjunct you can add in there. It gives you the sugars and gives you that molasses you know, flavor in there. Uh, you can you know, throw in some, I'm not sure what invert sugar is. Is that like a special sugar, John, invert? Have you heard of that? Uh, yeah, it's a processed uh, thing. Actually, brewers can do themselves, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, it just okay. gives more character to the sugar. Okay. Yes. Uh, All right. Like, so just add alcohol and dry things out. Okay. Okay. So then there's brown sugar, some honey, some maple syrup, you know, things we've already mentioned that might come out in flavors and aroma. Uh, you're getting that by putting these things into, into the sugars. And also they're helping with the fermentation portion and also of course if you're going to have a pumpkin type beer you're going to have to put some kind of squash type or gourd type vegetables within there uh, and frequently it's going to be a pumpkin and that's why we call them pumpkin beers so that's that's what you're going to have in there now john what would be the typical type of uh, bitterness and uh, you know alcohol that you might find in, in these beers yeah, so this is the point in the, you know, style guideline that we normally say, okay, and it's generally four and a half to six percent AVB, ABV. Blah, my beer is catching up to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 40 to 60 IBUs. Mm-hmm. Well, here it's anything that, that it, it can be. I mean, yeah. it's really an open ended style. And as long as you declare, you know, your, your beer and you, you make it work, then you're good. Um, you know, usually you're going to have things above 5%. I think, uh, you, you need some real substance to, to carry the spice. Um, so you're going to have to add, add quite a bit, but, uh, you know, overall it's, it's kind of open-ended. Um, but, uh, the commercial examples that are set forth by the, the BJCP, uh, dogfish head pumpkin ale, Mm -hmm. uh, which is available for a lot of folks, just not Denny. <laughs> um, the Schlafly pumpkin ale, which uh, we actually had at the festival, it was, it was very pleasant, mm. uh, really nice. Um, and the the Southampton pumpkin ale, okay, uh, which I I personally have not. It's the only one I haven't tried of those three. Okay. So okay, I know that my wife uh, has had the dogfish head pumpkin ale, and she loves it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I've had it or not. I don't think I have. Um, the only time I get dogfish head is when I travel east to Virginia or whatever. They have a dogfish brew pub uh, right near where I work in Virginia when I go there. So I do visit Dogfish Head Brewery then. But uh, I don't think pumpkin beers were like high on my to do list. And it wasn't during pumpkin season, so it wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked either. But yeah, it probably didn't keep that old keg around just for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But uh, all right. Well, you know what, John? I think we did a pretty good job of summarizing the style characteristics. Even though it's very vague and very uh, wide, uh, they get the idea. It's all based on the base beer and then adding ingredients that are related to the autumn time frame. And, of course, some pumpkin or squash type uh, gourd-like vegetables in there to, to give you the beer. And it will depend on the base as far as... You know, what, you know, the different characteristics. So, yeah, uh, that sums it up. But before we get done with this 
pumpkin topic and we put this pumpkin stuff to rest, let's go over what our beer tasting beer will be on the next episode. And again, we're just going to stick with the pumpkin. Right now, as we're, we're starting to get to the end of the pumpkin beer season. By the time we do this next tasting on uh, that will come out right near Halloween, I think. I don't know when the next show comes out after this one, but it's going to be close to Halloween. Uh, we yeah. thought we better... 29th. The 29th, okay. We better get a pumpkin beer in. So we're going to do a beer that is... Uh, probably the most widespread one that I can get here that you guys can get around the nation, and it's going to be from Southern Tier Brewing. It will be the Pumpkin beer, Pumpkin. So go out, get a couple, a six-pack, or at least one of these Pumpkin beers, and join us next episode for our Tasting Notes segment. Now it's time for our Check It Out segment. This is a section of the show where we can talk about different types of podcasts or websites or publications, applications, and even movies or books or things that can help you along in your craft beer journey. And this episode, we're going to talk about a documentary, the documentary called Blood, Sweat, and Beer. It's a craft beer documentary. And this is this documentary is about an hour long, I think an hour and five or hour and 15 minutes. I can't remember exactly, but it's right around an hour. And it discusses uh, a general um, information a little bit about the craft beer industry and its growth and the challenges that craft breweries are facing uh, within the last couple of years. It's a little bit dated because they started filming this thing in 2013 or 2012, 2013, and it's just getting released in 2015. So some of the information is dated. It's not up to date. But um, it's a it's a decent little movie, documentary, about uh, about the craft beer movement. And uh, it, it also focuses on two startup breweries, um, both on the East Coast. Uh, one is, was called Shore Billy, uh, later changed to Backshore Brewing, and that is right on uh, Ocean City Beach. And, and I, you know, I'm not sure where Ocean City – is it in Boston area? Is that where that was, John? Is it – you remember? No, it's in Maryland. It's in Maryland? Okay. Yeah. So it's in Maryland. And the other brewery is the Brew Gentleman beer company and they are uh and this these two guys are two very young entrepreneurs they're 23 years old and they're opening a brew a brewery in braddock pennsylvania which is an old mill steel mill town that has since the 70s has down you know degraded into uh, almost non-existent and the mayor is being proactive in trying to bring revitalize that his town Make it safe to bring in more of the arts and and more people to open business and, and revitalize that town, and uh, so we had two kind of uh, uh, different stories that we got to follow along during this documentary, and uh, John uh, and John and I both have watched it. And uh, what what is your uh, your take on this movie? You have any insight or anything you want to discuss or anything any highlight? Yeah, so I I really enjoyed this probably more than most because I kind of have a personal connection to both of these areas that hmm. the, these breweries are. Uh, so my, on my mom's side of the family who, which comes from Pittsburgh and Braddock, uh, Pennsylvania is right outside Pittsburgh, you know, huge steel area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a bit of a connection to that, uh, area, but, uh, you know, Braddock itself, not a whole lot, but I, I understand a lot of the, the struggles, um, for the region there. Um, so it was really 
really cool to see them, you know, revitalizing and, and that such, but, mm-hmm. uh, also the two of them made me wonder, what am I doing with my life is they're one of the 23 and, you mm-hmm. know, making some really, <laughs> really strong power plays here. Um, but, uh, you know, then, uh, ocean city, you know, my, my mom as a kid went to ocean city every year. That was their family, one family trip. Uh, and we continued that tradition when I was a kid and, oh. um, they're, you know, they say this brewery in ocean city. I'm like, Oh, I've been there. And then they're showing the boardwalk and I was like, Oh, we went there. And then they show the arcade. I was like, I, Oh, that's the arcade I play in. And that's mm. the you know t-shirt shop next door. Oh my gosh. And then I realized this brewery is on the street that we always stayed at. Oh, wow. and so where this this uh, brewery, uh, Backshore Brewing, is, is literally the point that I would come up and get on the boardwalk every night that we would go up and, you know, hit the arcade, which is <laughs> next door. And uh, so that was just really cool for me to see that, you know, it, it's kind of blown up and there's this brewery there. Um, but, uh, you know, the the Backshore Brewing, which we mentioned was initially Shorebilly, you know, they, they talked a lot about um, an issue that was has come up on on our show quite mm-hmm. quite often, which is uh, issues with trademarks and names and and uh, you know he he was sued uh, because another company said they had they had rights to the name Shorebilly, um, and you know as craft beer has grown, you know even among craft breweries there are disputes over who has domain over a beer name or a brewery name. Um, and you know it's it's challenged, especially now that we're what uh, approaching four thousand breweries. Over four, they went um, over four. Yeah, yeah, we're over four now. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, there's only so many words, <laughs> and uh, so you know that's that's a struggle. And you know, he was, uh, you know, sued by somebody outside the beer industry. Um, but uh, you know, it's a it's a real problem. It's going to be a problem. You know, as everybody grows and gets more distribution and there's more awareness to everybody, you know, it's going to be something I I think we're going to see even more of Mm -hmm. than we, than we've already seen picking up steam. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so outside of those two stories, um, the one thing that, that kind of jumped out to me and I, I think it was the, um, the representative or president, I don't, of the, the Maryland craft beer guild, uh, he, they had clips from him from time to time. And at one point he mentioned, you know, there's only so much shelf space. Yeah. There's only so many tap handles. You have all these breweries that are coming in and they're all competing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hit me because that was almost word for word, uh, what came out of, uh, a lot of the rhetoric from the Elysian sale. And the reason that some of the reasoning that they chose this route with Anheuser-Busch InBev um, was that, you know, the, the just the sheer competition and the need for, you know, this distribution and everything else, you know, that, that was a big point. You know, they were looking, you know, okay, right now we do really well. How's that going to look in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? You know, that that was something that they were looking at. This is drying up. It's a finite resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so how how can we position ourselves? And, you know, I, I think that's a reality that, you know, we we like to ignore. 
as a, you know, craft beer enthusiasts and, you know, thinking this is our little pocket, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a business yeah. and you, you have to have that shelf space. You have to get those tap handles or you're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that, I think that, that was, you know, a thing that I think we like to brush aside. Um, but it's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I also um, remember that that portion he's when he was mentioning that, and I, uh, I but I I didn't relate it to the Elysian. But yeah, it makes sense if you if you want to expand and you want to you know get bigger and and do things. Yeah, you're fi- you know there's, now there's a lot more breweries that are fighting for that same space, either in the supermarket or the bottle shop or in the restaurant for those tap handles. Unless you just want to be a small brewery that just serves your beer at your, you know, at your own little restaurant pub, uh, in, in, in neighboring area and bars, like like I mentioned about the the uh, the wildlife brewing in Victor, Idaho, they don't have any any desire to spread out past their little area. They just want to brew beer and serve people and have fun. And hey, if you're if that's your goal, you're okay. Um, but yeah, if, if you want, if your goal is to be a big craft brewer in the United States and get your beer all the way across the nation, it's going to be a struggle unless they just open a whole lot more bottle shops. And, uh, you know, instead of having, you know, six to eight taps of beer in a restaurant, you have, you know, 21 to 50. Uh, yeah, it might be, a, it might be a struggle. It might be a struggle. So, Hey, that was a good insight. I'll tell you one thing that, uh, stuck out to me. Uh, outside of those two stories was when the uh, the governor of Colorado, oh no, was it the um, was he the governor? I think I think he was the governor of Colorado. He was mentioning how he's opened his brewery, the oldest brewery in Colorado, I guess, craft brewery, and I can't remember the name of it. That Hook Wine Coop, Wine Coop. Um, yeah, he. He mentioned that he went into a part of Denver area that was um, that was in more industrial and was run down and, and and nobody was down there and he opened up his brewery there and it sp- spawned uh, a growth where more businesses came into that area and uh, all of a sudden you know that area that was no longer viable for doing commercial business now became a spot, a hot spot where people wanted to come and do their beers and do other things. And that same type of growth uh, and revitalization is occurring across the nation. You look at Asheville, um, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, that did the same thing. They, they welcomed uh, bringing in, craft breweries and now they have uh sierra nevada has a big plant there new belgium has a plant no sierra nevada doesn't have a plant there they have a plant somewhere else but new belgium i don't know one of those big breweries opened a big (laughs) plant there along with a bunch of other smaller breweries and that whole you know that revitalization of that area is just making it into a nice little niche uh artsy kind of a place to go and and have your beer and do your your concerts and you know do things that uh you know brings prosperity to that area same thing with the story about the gentleman's uh beer brewery they uh they also you know that that mayor wants to 
bring that town back alive. And he's taking notes from other, you know, craft beer type things that uh, to do the same thing in his town. Uh, you know, hey, I, I applaud that. I, I also, um, I'll tell you what, when the, the, those 23-year-old kids, they're kids still, right? I mean, come on, they're, they, they don't have a, you know, they just graduated from college. Uh, they, they don't have, you know, they, they aren't, um, you know, they haven't made their, their start in business or in brewing or anything. They just said, hey, we love beer. We want to be brewery owners. And they made up a business plan that they tell you themselves that it wasn't the best business plan. And they went out and got funding and they made, they're making their dream come true. Uh, will it last? I don't know. I hope so. But uh, it's a risk. But hey, why not live your dream? And you know that they wanted to run a brewery, and now they're running a brewery. So uh, I have to applaud them for that. Yeah, they're they're shooting for that same you know revital revitalization that that happens in uh, other areas. And I've heard specific stories of areas in New York that have gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know the really interesting thing for the these two kids is as we have described them, though for me, they're not that, that far down, but, uh, you know, one is from Boston, the other's from Hawaii. Hawaii you know, yes. they, they don't even have, you know, deep roots in this area. It's just something, you know, I, they're, they're wearing, you know, Pittsburgh pirates gear, which is, uh, too bad, but, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not sure what their, what connection they've made with this area, but they've identified it as a, this place that they, they want to help. And, you know, the, the mayor, I think in some of his interviews describes in a great way that, you know, it's, it's one thing to have, you know, businesses for people to have jobs. It's another thing to make things. And, you know, that's what sustains business Mm -hmm. for, for a long time to be, be the creator, not be, you know, the, the end gate for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, gr- really smart on, on vision visionary, you know, on his part of how to get his town back, you know, which he's described as a 40 year slide mm-hmm. of, you know, people leaving. They've gotten, I think they're now at 10% of their former population. Um, and, you know, the steel mills closing, they had huge rash of drugs and violence and, and stuff for, for a long period. And, you know, trying to come out of that. And, um, you know, you want to be the start of it. You don't, you know, rather than the the end of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that it's really the right way to go about, you know, a project like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you know, uh, John and I aren't going to spoil the movie for you guys because we want you to go out and support this movie. If you, if you're really interested in what we just talked about, there's a lot more content in fact, the whole full stories behind both of these uh, two main stories are in there, plus a lot of other content. So if you would like to check this uh, movie out, I'll have a link in the show notes, but it's at uh, bloodsweatbeermovie.vhx.tv. And again, I'll have a link in the show notes on the openformradio.com uh, webpage. Uh, click the link. to uh, You can buy the uh, digital version for 8 bucks, seven ninety nine. Uh, and I think it's well worth it. That uh, I think you'll get a lot of uh, you'll get a lot out of it. And I it's done by an independent <clears throat> independent film uh, dr- or two people 
that co-directed it, and they did a really, I think they did a really good job. It's, uh, I think it explains everything they wanted to explain in, in a way that that uh, that keeps you interested and and keeps you watching. All right, well now is the time of the show where John and I we like to have an opportunity to raise our glasses to uh, you know to to people that uh, that we want to give a little cheers to. So John, what would you like to raise your glass to this week? So, like I mentioned last week, I'm about to become a broken record. So for the next <laughs> couple episodes, uh, apart from talking about balance, yeah. I'm going to talk about uh, extra life, um, which is just a great uh, organization that is raising money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals, uh, and to do it, to play video games, which is another one of our hobbies. So, uh, this year I've joined the good for gaming team and, uh, actually one of our members, uh, Rob Goddard, uh, super lobster six. He, he just did his, uh, his 24 hours, uh, ahead of, ahead of the official event on mm. November 7th. And, uh, he, he's, uh, gone over a hundred or a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. A thousand dollars. He's got over a thousand dollars, um, raised, uh, from his, his stream. And as a team, uh, we're now over 5,000. We're now pushing towards $7,500. Uh, so I'm just really proud of everybody on the team and mm-hmm. thankful for everyone who has, uh, chosen to support us. Um, including you, Denny, thank mm-hmm. you very much, uh, <laughs> supporting me and I think five other members of the team. Yeah. Um, folks that have, uh, have helped us out as well in, in the past. So, uh, but yeah, if, if you want to help out, if you want to join or donate or anything like that, uh, well, links in the show notes, uh, or if you're really eager and you want to do it, um, right now you can find our team page is tiny.cc slash G four G. That's the number four. So tiny.cc slash G four G. All right. So please uh, check it out. Yes, please do. And even just a small donation, you don't have to, I mean, they give you recommended what they want, you know, think you should do. If you don't have that kind of money, go to the other thing and whatever you can offer, whether it's a dollar or three dollars or five dollars, whatever, uh, it all helps. And and it's a big team, so uh, you know, the more smaller donations we get, it just starts growing, and we'll get that. I, I would love to see that get over the seventy-five hundred mark. When I went there and, and entered my donations and saw that they were already over 5,000. Man, I, you, I cannot tell you how uh, warm my heart felt that, that Dave, the leader, uh, you know, he, he just, uh, you know, he started this as uh, just to get people together to help raise money. And I don't think he ever imagined it was going to get over 5,000 and still almost a month away from, from happening. There's still lots of time to get, uh, over that $7,500 goal. So, hey, go out there, just give, you know, whatever you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. And now I sound like a broken record, too. But that's okay. It's worth it. It's a, it's a good cause, and and, uh, and, I, and I support it. So I, I want to raise my glass to my buddy Alex Ice Guy Kiddo off the 40 cast for the birth of his son, Alexi. Congratulations to you, and your daughter, and your wife, and your newborn son, and I'm glad that he was healthy and is doing well. And uh, cheers to you, Alex. And, Absolutely, uh, cheers. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's. I think that. I mean, 
I probably have a dozen more people I could thank, but we're getting, we are running a little bit long. So let's just get right in to thanking our host. Uh, I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. Also, uh, I never fail to uh, to lift my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms and allowing John and I to sit here and bring you the good news of craft beer. Um, without them, we couldn't do this. So cheers to all you guys. Come home safely to your families real soon. All right, and if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft, and you can leave comments on the show post at openforumradio.com, or, hey, search for us on Google+. Yes, we are on Google+. Just search for Tap the Craft and leave us, you know, a little note of, hey, I like what you said here. Uh, you did a great job on your Great Pumpkin Beer Festival, whatever. Just leave us a little note. We really appreciate it. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw, and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And, John, if our listeners wanted to follow you, how could they do that? On Twitter at Prime Brewing or untapped at Prime WA. All right. And do you have a blog? <laughs> you know... It's there. I, I've <laughs> shame upon my household because I there's haven't had anything new, so I feel like it's it's not worthy okay. at this point. I'm not going to tell you that you go to homebrewengineer.com okay. for beer, homebrewing, and beer news. I would homebrewengineer.com is not a place to go for that. Okay, all right, but go, but go anyway. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, John, it's last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show. We hope you were able to find a lot of things interesting, and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or however you can get your podcast. Uh, I'm gonna tr- maybe I'll even try putting on iHeartRadio if that's your thing. Whatever, just tell us how you want us to to do it. I'll try to get you get us on there. And as a reminder, we release a show every two weeks. We're a bi-weekly show, so don't expect us every Thursday, but every other Thursday we'll be there. And that's it for this episode. And, uh, hey, go out there and drink some good craft beer. Cheers. Okay. I'm just pausing because I went on a a tangent. I'll cut this part. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to jump in. It's like, I'm not sure if he finished this part or not. No, 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 no. It's okay. All right, now it is time for our check it out session sesh <laughs> segment. Boy, John, have I been drinking your double IPA or what? I've I'm oh, I've been okay. pouring it on the mic every once in a while, so maybe you're getting some of that. I'm getting the fumes, I think. <laughs> okay. okay, John. <sighs> it's time. It's the time of the I better start that over. <laughs> Oh jeez! I guess we got to do that. <clears throat> I I all of a sudden got dry throat, and so my uh, I'm trying to. I don't have any water up here. I drink all my beer, <clears throat> but I all of a sudden I I got like some dry throat thing. So I was openforumradio.com. <laughs> uh, open forum radio.com, uh, actually, open forum radio network that can be found at open radio for. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, what the heck? This is, uh, it's getting late. It's getting late. And if you enjoy what John and I do, we don't ask for much. But uh, if you would like to just leave an iTunes review, that would just help the show get recognized in the iTunes uh, program community and get more listeners uh, to find find the show and to get the, uh, you know, get the information of craft beer. I'm going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm the editor because I can just cut in whatever I want out. I don't even. You'll, you'll, but I you like listen. that you didn't even break stride. You're like, and that's gone. No, we're done. Yeah. yeah no, no. I'll just cut it out. It's okay. Uh, I, I'll cut it out anyway, but I just said I'm going to cut it out, so now I'll for sure cut it out. Later. <laughs> I just have to get the last word in, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com. Links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.